What's going on, everybody? This is Jerome Moore, host and creator of Deep Dish Conversations. And firstly, I want to say thank you for all of support and thank you for exploring the perspectives of social change with me on this platform. I want to encourage you all to like, subscribe, and follow us on YouTube and on your favorite podcast listening platform. And make sure you give us a five-star rating if you're loving the Deep Dish Conversations. I appreciate all of the support again. I hope you all enjoy this episode. What's going on, man? What's happening, dog? Man, I can't call it, man. Happy to be here. Man, hey, man. It's Shaq and Kobe right here, man. Y'all know who Shaq is. Y'all know who Kobe is. Do they? <laughs> Zion has been traded. <laughs> nah, yeah. man. Good to see you, man. Likewise. Good likewise, to see you, man. 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 So look, everybody already, man. People, people probably don't know, but you know, this is this is find out. this is this is Ace Boom Coon for me. You know what I'm saying? So I had to get him on here um, to talk about. His experience, and it might be some stuff that I don't even know. It might be some stuff I'm unaware of, and um, because even though we both grew up in North Nashville, grew up in two different sides, and so he might experience some stuff that I didn't know just because we come up in two different family households. You just never know. And so, uh, man, welcome. And uh, man, introduce yourself. Tell the people who you are, where you're from, what you do, sure, how you sure. do it. Uh, yeah, man. First of all, it's an honor, man, my guy. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, Ace Bond Coon for, for a minute, minute. Like, double digit years, for real, for real. But I'm Uzan Henderson, of course, um, from North Nashville. Um, I'm an entrepreneur, currently in car sales right now. And, and how I do it, I do things to the fullest, man. You know this. Let's, let's get it cracking, cuz. Let's go. Let's go. Man, uh, man, tell us a little bit, like, just growing up out north for you, man. Because North Nashville look different now, right, than oh, when we grew man. up in it. Especially in your area, specifically, right? They ain't got to my area yet, but it's coming. It's coming. And with the Clarksville Highway expanding and everything. But just give us a little, like, a little insight of, like, what it was growing up on, like, 22nd, 23rd and all that, man. Gotcha. Yeah, like I said, I'm from the 23rd area. So, man, back then, I will I feel like I'm being generous when I say this, but North Nashville was, I would want to say, about 92% black, right? I, I can't think of any other ethnicity, maybe Christian. He was down the street. He was um, Mexican. I mean, not Mexican, excuse me, Asian. Ooh. He was Asian, but that was like one person out of what? I'm trying to think blocks and blocks away, and I can't remember anyone because we got Joe Johnson here. We got Cheatham over there. Black people, like North Nashville was the Mecca, right? So... Now in 2021, it's like a whole shift, right? Like it's it's trendy to be North Nashville. Yeah, I live in Germantown. I remember when that was Salem Town. What do you, what do you mean? What is Germantown, right? So and then it's a whole different tax bracket. Like you gotta have money to stay in Germantown. You know what I'm saying? That was a poverty-ridden area, and just like that, it's Germantown. But growing up in North Nashville, like a lot of things, it was just normal for me. Like seeing things, just that whole. Some would call it struggle, but it was a way of life, right? And then in North Nashville, it wasn't, didn't have time. It wasn't time to be, have an identity crisis, right? You had to know who you were or you were going to get trashed. Someone's going to see about you right. if you're trying to act like anything that you weren't, right? <laughs> so with that being said, like, so people are dealing with struggle, poverty. So it was a rawness to growing up in North Nashville and a truth to growing up in North Nashville. Like I said, you got to be who you were or you're going to be seen about. It's going to get questioned, right? So growing up like that, it was... I was prone to being straightforward, you know, being honest, being real, and then going to college and seeing the world, realizing it's not that way. Like, no one's real 
for real, for real. It's a lot of self um, self promoting people. Pretty much the whole world is pretty much like that. Just this little corner of the hood where everyone's real and we live by this code, but no one lives like that. And so just getting that experience, like actually going to college and learning that, like no one's like that. Like was like a whole culture shock to me. Like everything that I was taught was a lie, <laughs> pretty much, or it wasn't. It wasn't really applicable to the rest of the world, and that's that's a big part because I'm not going back to North Nashville. Well, not not preferably. You know what I'm saying I'm trying to make some of myself, so I gotta learn these skills and learn how to maneuver through a world that I never was learned or never taught how to maneuver through. So that was a a real interesting phase for me. So speaking of maneuvering and navigating mm-hmm. in North Nashville, like. How did like racism and white supremacy um, affect that navigation in your upbringing? Oh man, that was even before like the identity of North Nashville, right? I was like, I'm gonna say I was a five year old kid. Power Rangers ruled my world, right? And so the main dog, the top dog, is Tommy, Green Ranger, Alpha Male. And I mean, lead role, all that. You want to be like Tommy, and so that's already planted my subconscious. Like I want to be like Tommy. And the first thing I see is the hair. I was like, man, I got to get my hair like that. So automatically, I'm looking in the mirror like, my hair's not good enough. I, I'm, I'm having plans when I was five years old of perming my hair. I didn't know what a perm was. I was like, I got to straighten my hair like Tommy and rock the ponytail. Because right. that's t- like, I'm trying to be the, the alpha dog. Right. So already five years old, like, that white supremacist concept, like, it, it's, it's so underlined and, like, subliminal that you wouldn't even catch it. But, like... That it affected me right there. Like, wow. I was already ready to just, like, ruin my whole identity of who I was because what the vision that I seen of, like, an alpha male was Tommy. Like, and everybody, like, every, we know Zach. They had Zach. But Zach was such a, like, byproduct. No one even cared about Zach. Everybody had their own episode except Zach. Even Billy. Billy was the geek of the whole squad. <laughs> he had his own episode, but Zach didn't. You right, know what I'm saying? So right. he was like... <laughs> Exactly. I'm trying to be like Tommy. You feel me? Like, wasn't even about the identity. Like, yeah, he kind of looked like me. Nothing. Like, no, nah, I'm trying to be like him. Zach didn't even have the edge over to No, Oh, my. Look like he got edge over by a spoon. You feel me? Like, it was that crazy. Like, no, no relative, no relative thing. We're like, we have nothing in common. Like, yo, I ain't even trying to. Okay, next, Tommy. Like, so just knowing that, like, looking back on it as a kid, right, you're not aware of that. But growing up, like, sitting back, like, wow. Right. Like, that early. I was indoctrinated to white supremacy. Right. Didn't even catch it, but like until I grew up and started learning more about it. So from then on, like it, it gets more, right? You get taught more and like right. how like the victor wins. The victor that wins, right? He tells the history. Right. So it's more indoctrination, but that's where I can like root it to. Like when I was five years old, it started that. Right. Know? That's crazy to me. But, Man, yeah. uh, how did your like family community like deal with that as far as like my immediate family yeah immediate or? family because mm-hmm. um and many people might not think think of this but you know um black people can have mannerisms or white supremacy too mm-hmm. right and that those mannerisms can be in our immediate family our community and it ain't got to come directly from white folks. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? All the white folks right now could disappear and they could still be, you know what I'm saying, white supremacy Very because true. of conditioning, right? Mm-hmm. And so in your family, in your immediate family construct, um, did you see any of that 
um, white supremacy or even like was it combated? Was it intentionally combated by parents or by you know um, um, not immediate family, but like still family, mm-hmm. but they not it might not be blood. They community family. Yeah. For sure, but yeah, it was it was uh, I want to say intentionally combated, but it could have been accident. My mother, if you don't know my mother, she she's a strong, proud woman. She's gonna tell you like it is. So growing up, like no, you're beautiful. You know what I'm saying? She's combating that narrative of black not really being beautiful, not being portrayed as a standard of beauty. Right. So she's in my face, my father as well, like telling me who I am, who I really am. So they're all combating that which is a vital part to my upbringing, right? I wouldn't be the man that I am because of those two, right? right? Them taking the time and letting me know who I am, giving me a sense of identity, giving me pride behind that. So, right. yeah, it was intentionally combated, and, man, I'm very appreciative of it, right? Because I'll be walking around here not knowing who I was with my head down with no confidence. So, right. man, strongly appreciate it. Man, when you went to, when you went to college, because at MTSU, like, you know, like, truthfully, you know what I'm saying? Many of us didn't know how to navigate college, right? Mm-hmm. Because of, like, okay, we grew up in our own black bubbles, right? Right, right. And so we go to college, and it's this culture shock, even when we realize it or not, mm-hmm. but we avoid it because, like, oh, we find and identify people that look like the people we just came from, or the, you know what I'm saying? Right. And so we don't even, we don't even, we still keep our, our perspective very narrow. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? When you have this, like, melting pot of people and resources, it's like, ah, I'm kind of comfortable, right? Just kind of right. what I'm familiar with, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, in that experience for yourself, um, did you find ways to combat like that white supremacy or confront white supremacy through your journey, like from growing up from five, middle school, high school, then college? Right, right. Okay. So from five middle school, it was I was kind of blessed to be in a melting pot, right? So mm-hmm. it wasn't never like overt white supremacy or racism or white hate in my face, so it was kind of like a honeymoon phase, kind of cool, like, all right, we get along. Like, I had a, a best friend that was Mexican, another one that was white, like, also just cool, like, wasn't really clicking with me yet, you know what I'm saying? Like, the, the ills of the world, right? It was just still in a cool kids phase. As far as, like, I want to say middle school, that's when I got into uh, the, the real, well, more of the real world, when I'm more clicked up with black people, where it makes more sense, like, you don't understand where I'm coming from. They do. They get where I'm coming from. So I'm going to stay with them. I'm going to kick with them. And it just made more sense. It was more organic, right? Right. And so in high school, it it was nigga central. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? It was. That's why I tell people. I, I went to an HBCU for high school because that's all it was. Right. We had well, five white people. Like, right. I can count them off on my hand, literally. Like, right. So with that being said, like I'm immersed in blackness. And it was beautiful blackness. It, it, it got crazy at times, you right. feel me? A lot of times. <laughs> not this big, a lot of times. <laughs> it got crazy at times, but we were with us, and we were right. cool with being us, right? We didn't right. have that scope of white supremacy on us, so we were free to be us, right? right. So we in honors classes, you right. know what I'm saying? Acting a fool, but still making those good grades, right? You right. know what I'm saying? So in a different setting, I might be surrounded by white people in an honest class, right? And that might intimidate me, just knowing the seeds have been planted by white supremacy. But here, I got I got my guy Rome over here, man. I got Marquez over here. We laughing, <laughs> all that, acting a fool, but reciting Shakespeare. You know what I'm saying? Reading Hamlet, doing all this, you know what I'm saying? So with that being said, like that just put me in a mind, a mentality like, 
we we are reaching for more. We're, we're not less than, even though the world is telling us differently. So that kind of like installed the pride that's been that my mom and my father's been kicking to me like that whole time. So it's like, yeah, we 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 that we we're scholars. You know what I'm saying? We right. we might act a fool and laugh and giggle and all that, right. but we're scholars. We we got we on A and B honor roll. What you mean? Like so that helped definitely throughout the whole upbringing, like being just like submerged in white supremacy because it's everywhere, right? In the teachings, what we watch, you feel me? You can't escape it, you feel me? So, but having that reality helped me tremendously like throughout life. So then from high school, we go to MTSU, which is a whole 360 in my mind because finally I'm, I'm interacting with white people at a high level though. They're everywhere. You can't miss them. Know what I'm saying you're the minority. This this isn't North Nashville. This isn't Pearl Cone High School, and then this is also a situation I've never truly been in. So it just comes off as weird. So far as like learning, I never really learned anything at that point in time except I didn't like it. Like I, I'm not I'm not feeling this. Like right. I, like I remember I remember even even those that looked like me, they were more accustomed to that interaction, and I'm like nah man like. I remember uh, one of these days we, we were in college and it was warm out. Maybe it was, it was. I feel like it was one of the springtime. Like it was warm out and nobody was outside, and I'm like, "Yo, what? What's going on? Like where I'm from? Like everybody? Like that first seven degree weather day? What? Like right. it, it looked like the summertime. Like everybody out. You know what I'm saying? Girls in their short shorts. Right. We hooping. What we doing? Shooting dice. What we doing? You feel right. me? But to go in that environment and see everybody inside, I was like, okay, this is different, man. I don't like that. I need that happiness right. when the warmth comes, man. We might as well still be in winter. Right. You feel me? So Psyche just kicking in like, wow, man, this is this is different. I don't like this, man. Where the happiness at? Right. So, and then I see myself where I don't feel comfortable being me, man, because I feel like I'm going to be judged as something that I'm not just by being me. Mm-hmm. So I'm... I feel like I'm diminishing myself when I'm around these spaces. You feel me? So I'm like, man, I'm, I'm not feeling this. I'm not feeling this. So, yeah, that was my my experience at MTSU. You know what I'm saying? So I, I did have to learn how to be more open and understand the maneuver through those situations, right, in a better manner. But initially, man, it was tough. It was tough, dog. Man, growing up here, man, in North Nashville, did you, did you get outside of your North Nashville bubble? Not for real. Not like <laughs> I thought North Nashville was the world, but more like more realistically, I thought North Nashville was Nashville, right? I right. thought that's how everybody because you it, this was before justification for the craze of Nashville came through, and it was urban areas like this. The inner city Nashville was black. That's just what it is. Like right. we we got JCUC, we got. The whole east side was from the Inglewood out east. That was black. Even, right. even west, 40th Ave, that was black. You know what I'm saying? So with that being said, like I'm thinking, like this is this is it. This is the world. You feel me? Like it's it's nothing outside of that. So pretty much that whole transition of going to him was a smack in the face, and me slowly realizing, no, this is the world for real. Right. You was you was in a bubble. You was you was in right. imaginary land, like thinking this was it. But nah, dog, this is really how it is. Do you think? Being in that bubble um, helped you more or hurt you more in the long run? I think it helped me more. 
just just knowing or seeing us work together, even when we had less, we didn't have nothing. Right. But we worked together. We had a culture. Mm. Like, I tell people this all the time. Joe Johnson, I kicked into Joe Johnson a few times. That was the best community I ever seen. I went with my homie, I went, Howard. I went with Howard. R.I.P. Howard. R.I.P. my guy, Howard Griffin, yeah. for sure. But I went there with Howard. You know what I'm saying? People was checking in on us, making sure we good. So, some woman family, she ain't never met me a day in my life. Like it was, it was a community. It felt like a community. Everybody knew everybody, and it was problems. Witnessed a few fights there, but it never got to. It never escalated to anything crazy. Like because right. elders was watching. All right, y'all break that up. All right, y'all go shake it off. All right, go about your business type deal. It was the most community based community I ever seen in my life. Like, and I think people. Miss that when we talk about the projects, because that's a bad stigma, right? Of course. Right. Of course that's a bad stigma. Low, low income, poverty, get it. But go in there, experience people, talk to them. Right. Like, and that's what changed my world. But also, so I feel like that upbringing of North Nashville, I feel like it helped me because it ensured that pride in me and made me realize that we can do it. Like, we just don't have resources and opportunity. That's all it is. Right. We got everything else. Right. You give us resources and opportunity, we're going to boom. We're going to go crazy. Right. It wasn't for that. What, what's the difference? You know right. what I'm saying? So, right. yeah, man, that, that helped me a lot. I, I'm glad and I'm proud that I was raised in North Nashville. You feel me? Do you, um, do you wish you would have been able to, to get out the bubble a little bit more, though, to see the rest of like what actual Nashville looks like. That's a good question, a great question, man. Ooh, like looking back, anyway. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, 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 yeah. I say yes. I say yes, man. Uh, and the reason why, um, we took a trip to Vandy, right? You remember we were just mm-hmm. kicking on Vandy campus, and we were just, you know, what I'm saying, just enjoying whatever, walking around, doing whatever we do, and we had a conversation with a few people, right? And it, it hit me there. I was like, you're not smarter than me. Mm-hmm. But you're here at Vandy, right? It has this prestige of being smart, Ivy League type Harvard deal. Harvard South. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And it hit me like, I could have went here. I, that never occurred to me. At Pearl, in North Nashville, never, ever occurred to me. Why not? Like, I asked myself the same thing. Like, uh, we could have, you know what I'm saying? Why not though? Like, is is that is that like is that white supremacy? Is that racism? Like, I, like I don't want to blame. No, I don't want to play the blame game. But is yeah, that like, like, like the social conditioning. There it is. Like, yeah, social conditioning for sure, for sure. Because you know what I'm saying. Like you turn on that TV, you see us in a in a criminal stance, in a criminal right. place, right? Being criminalized or whatever. And then so to have that stigma, to see that every day, all day, and then that total opposite narrative is. It's a Vandy, right? I want to take a poll right now. I wonder how many people, like black folks specifically, that grew up like no matter what side you grew up on, mm-hmm. like you, but you went to inner city public school yeah. like we did. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many of them believed or was encouraged to go to Vandy, right? Because if you have a Harvard of the South in your backyard, like. Like down the that should like <laughs> down, down the street, street literally that you would think like it should at least be an option right you know what I'm saying it mm-hmm. should at least be like okay like I'm I'm a I'm gonna put this I'm gonna check I'm gonna put Vandy school code on my for my ACT to get right. to them right type mm-hmm. of thing and like, no one was kicking it though no one, like the uh, guidance counselors no one was kicking it, like yeah y'all can go to Vandy yeah. man why not Vandy type deal and I wonder if that was them trying to like either protect us mm-hmm. or like like. 
I, mean, I don't think Miss Hutchinson. I know she believed in this. Like, yeah, I don't think Miss sure. Hutchinson like sure. was, was intentionally. Shout out Miss Hutchinson. Yeah, shout out to Miss Hutchinson. But like, yeah, like, but I wonder though. Mm-hmm. I want people to like to really to like comment and reflect on that. If you grew up here in Nashville and in the city with a public school, did you really? Did you? If you black, did you feel like you could go to or encourage to go to Vanderbilt? Right, right. Because yeah. I don't think I know too many people like that's from here. That went to I maybe know a few, like maybe five, maybe. I think I know two. Yeah, I'm saying maybe <laughs> maybe five. I think I know two. Maybe man. five. And so, damn, that's crazy. But it's 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 wild. And they both went to MLK. That's a different funnel. You know exactly, my point exactly. That's a, yeah. that's a that's a different type of funnel. Yeah. It was crazy because um, Greg um, just did an episode, and he went to Martin Luther King. I had no idea he went to Martin Luther King. I didn't either. Didn't he? Wasn't that Pearl Yeah, 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 he was at head and like I don't. So Greg is out of the Greg. You know, Greg got to break this down to us. But he, was he Pearl Bowman? I don't think so. He just in the group me yeah. uh, on Facebook. Never mind. He didn't go to Pearl. Um, but I didn't know that. But he went. To, he said he went to. He said he was wrestling and everything. Yeah. <laughs> he said he broke his. He broke his ankle. But then like um, a white girl lied on him, um, and said um, that like uh, he sexually assaulted her. Wow. And um, yeah, and like, but and then we talked about the trajectory of like that situation and how it changed his path mm-hmm. because he 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 basically was uh, forced to like a uh, plead guilty. To the situation, got kicked out, had to go out turn to school. And then you know, once you go down that path, yeah, and then it's you know what I'm saying, single parent household, he didn't have the the resources that his mom and dad had. So but yeah, so it's just interesting so it's a that blessing like, he good right now. Yeah, man, yeah, yeah. Like, sure. like made out just staying positive, but even Conan Dell just but making the, out the residual that. effects of like just that in the system in itself and just sure. like is it can change the trajectory of your whole life. Facts. Which I don't know if if the powers that be or the decision makers that be at that particular moment that put that pressure on, on, on black kids. Right. Think about what how this decision in, in the in the the discrimination, the microaggressions, uh, this racism mm-hmm. that I'm implying to this young man, a young black lady, could affect them down the line. Mm-hmm. Like like the judge in Murfreesboro. Right? Like who like like they really need to go ahead and like lock up and mm-hmm. like throw away the key mm-hmm. because you can't measure like the the residual effects of her decisions to un, to unconstitutionally and unlawfully put black kids in jail. Right. Mm-hmm. Like how can you measure that? You don't know what trauma. You can't measure the trauma, the repercussions, the the behavior because like oh, I can't do nothing else. I'm in this system. You can't. So like like. She ruined lives. Right. She probably ruined families. Yeah. And so, futures. like, yeah, futures. Yeah. yeah, she ruined. She literally ruined futures. And so, what do you, what do you do with that? Like, right. yeah. And so, like, and I want people, especially those who may be judgmental, uh, or racist, or uh, carry carry mannerism or white supremacy. Like, think about that. Like, think about the residual effects that you're causing. Right. On that person's future, family, well-being, mentally and physically, and and if you out there to seek and destroy, okay, well maybe that's what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. But if you're not really trying to intentionally doing that, and you just like you just you just bias and you just racist and mm-hmm. and maybe do indoctrinated, indoctrinated, yeah, mm-hmm. you need to do yourself some self work on yeah. yourself, like reflect. This is time to do it. Mm-hmm. You for know, sure, so for yeah, sure. and I and, think that's it. Like sleeping on that, like 
black people are indoctrinated, but white people are indoctrinated as well. Like on that white, I don't even like the word white supremacy. You feel me? Because I feel like we're trying to put a pretty word with an ugly thing. It's, just, it's white hate. You right. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And just think about that racist mentality. Like, you think you're better than me on what grounds? Right. Talk to me. What, how do you? How are you better than me? Right. Because right? white. That's what I'm saying. So add some type of logical answer to that. Like, right. you can't. You're right. indoctrinated. You just believe that. It, right. it makes no sense whatsoever. Right. Well, you feel like we're better than you athletically, right? Right. We're given the right resource. You, you have kids in Africa. You know what I'm saying? Right. With a high IQ that's pulling water, literally pulling water out of thin air. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. To feed their village. And so where are we going with this? So we're more athletic. We're obviously intelligent. So how does this work? Right. How are you better than me? Right. right. So that indoctrination just has them just thinking that, well, black people are violent. Okay, cool. You give us resource. Like I said, you give us resource opportunity. Let's see how violent we are. Right. Black people, you know, they kill this, that, and other right. in their neighborhoods. It's not stable. Stop bringing guns and drugs to our neighborhood. Let's see right. what we do. Right. So, what is this right. built off of? What is this this right. racist, this hatred built off of? Right. Indoctrination that doesn't make any sense. Right. I'm saying. So, I think I agree with that. It's time to self reflect and right. check yourself because it doesn't make sense. Right. And people build their whole lives off this. Yeah. Nah, man. Um, I had um had Linda. Hope she came in here um, and and pretty much, you know, kind of like admitted like how it's like she was indoctrinated by her grandfather, and used the Bible to do it. Sound familiar? You know what I'm saying? And so That's a deep rabbit hole. <laughs> so and so you know what I'm saying? So it's like like that's why even just coming on here talking about it, mm-hmm. getting it out, and like like just laying it out on the table, like like white, black, yellow, green. You know, Latinx, Curtis, whatever you, whatever the ethnicity or culture you may identify with, like we all affected by it. We yes, all indoctrinated. Now, mm-hmm. we might be on different spectrums mm-hmm. on how we, how we, are we affected by it, but we all are, and like, like we should talk about that more. For and, sure. and, and, and many of us don't get out of our, get out of our bubbles, mm-hmm. so we only Very see true. how like one side of it is affected. And so we like, ah, well, you know, shit, this we think is normal, right? Because mm-hmm. we don't, we don't see the rest of the world. Right. And we just go off until we get older, and then we say, "Oh damn, well, shit!" Like had it wrong. Had it wrong. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, so through through your through your through your journey and uh, this maturity, mm-hmm. like of recognizing, okay, what racism is, what white supremacy is, what white hate is. What have been some things like for you personally? If you've done to make sure you don't carry around white supremacy manners. Um, what have you done to confront it for yourself? Good question. Good question. Um, I'm gonna be uh transparent and vulnerable right now. I feel like they go hand in hand. So, um, as growing up, this this is an indoctrination of white supremacy, but you may you may see another black man and clutch on your weapon or like. So what's the problem type deal? Have some hostility for them, right? That's that's nothing but indoctrination. So you're seeing yourself as an enemy. You're seeing yourself as a threat. You know what I'm saying? So I had to check myself on that. Mm-hmm. So instead of seeing that, I see love. What's going mm-hmm. on, bro? That's why I speak. What's going on, man? Much mm-hmm. love. I bring you in. Bring you in close. You know what I'm saying? So I had to check myself on that because that's a, a quick way to self-destruction. 
Because mm. a lot of us carry that around, don't even know it. Right. Don't even know and it. And that's white supremacy that we carry. White carrying. supremacy, right? So let me be clear. Black folks, you can carry around white supremacy, and we all have. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't, I like, like, like when you see another another black man and he might say what's up to you or just off the shelter, you black and you, you know what I'm saying? Like, what's up? Like, you have a different type of energy. Like, like that's that self-hate. Yeah. And that's that white supremacy indoctrinated. Yeah. That and is. so we and we all gotta work on we gotta we gotta identify it to be able to work on it. Check yourself, check yourself, yeah. hey, for sure. Or like a uh, example of um you used to have uh people that ran the neighborhood, terrorized the neighborhood, robbing whoever had looked like they had money. They struggling like you, but you robbing them. Right. So now we have this gentrification. We have people that actually come in the neighborhood with true wealth, with actually something to take. And you brothers ain't nowhere to be found. But yeah, so you have people that actually have what you're looking for, and you don't even look that way. Yeah, man. You gangster until gentrification happens. Gangster until gentrification happens. And, and that's, that's, a, that's a lot of right people. Man, a, a lot of people. Like, yo, I remember, like, you used to be the baddest man in town. Now, what, what's going on? Yeah. And, it, and self hate. It's self hate. Because you'll, you'll rob one of us quick. Right. Quick. I, I can't even have a decent car. I can't. I can't even look like I'm on my way to success without you trying to see what's going on and running up on me, trying to see what's in my pockets. They already got this. They got these these beautiful condos in the middle of the hood, driving a BMW, tall and skinnies, tall skinnies with a with a balcony over it, looking to yeah. see. I didn't even know we had those type of views. That shit is amazing. With the BMW. You don't even look that way, man. Nah. Self hate. Ain't, ain't go walk. Ain't go running. Man, oh my goodness. <laughs> at five in the morning. Like it's uh, cool. Uh, six, at, uh, six at night. With that little Yorkie or whatever, man. It's crazy. It's crazy. But that that's self hate. That's yeah. self hate, man. We gotta check each other. Well, check ourselves, man. For yeah. sure. For sure. Damn, that's wild. Mm-hmm. And I hope, like, damn, you got me reflecting, like, damn, when's the last time? Like, and I try to be intentional, especially when I see a black man. Mm-hmm. They say what's up, but I still get my feelings. Like with somebody, if you don't say what's up back to me, I'm in my feelings. Yeah, and that's fine. Like, like I mean, because you're extending the olive branch, yeah, right? Yeah, that's understandable. I mean, and so they make me kind of want to resort, but like, ah, nigga, fuck you too, then. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Like, um, but it's like you know, it's like damn, like, but it's like just just recognizing it. Right, right, exactly, exactly. That's that's a big part, man. Yeah. Recognize it because it's hard to recognize, man, yeah, especially nah. within yourself. Right, it's difficult. Right. It's difficult, man. Like, what you mean self-hate? I love yeah, myself, yeah, man. Nah. nah, dog. It's deeper than it's that. Deep. Yeah. It's deep. It's deep, man. So, yeah, you got to do some real self-reflection, man. Man, do you think um, that we could overcome white supremacy and our racism in the United States? Um, and oh. I know that's, yeah, that's a... Mm-hmm. That's, that's profound, yeah. for sure, for sure. Can we overcome it? And and overcoming might look different to you know because let me put this out there, I don't think we are alleviating the white supremacy in the United States. Fair enough. I don't. I don't unless some 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 of uh, the government had to, in my opinion, that had to like the whole foundational of what makes it they had to fall crumble. For sure. And For so sure. when I say overcome too, that may it may look different to 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 you or anybody else. Mm-hmm. On what overcoming racism and white supremacy in this country, um, in a in a in a non utopia, right? Utopian way. I got you. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm glad you said it because it, it does look different. I had to think on that. It looks a lot different, right? From the traditional standard of what we've been taught and 
Um, and I get some flat for this, I'll take it. But this traditional of uh, picket signs and go out and vote, we've been doing that for 150 years. What's the difference? What, 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 what progress have we made? No, nah, it's, it's, it's stats to back that up. Exactly. So, so what progress have we made? So we're going to talk about the things that matter. Let's talk about wealth, right? Right. What, what, what impact or what strides have we made as, as black people as far as wealth? Since our, our being yeah. able to vote, right? Uh, since about 1960. And I like you talking about, talking about group wealth, man. Like we can make it individually, but group wealth, yeah. That's, exactly. Yeah, yeah. O- ownership. Things that matter. We're in America. We're right. in the home of the entrepreneur, home of ownership. What, how has that impacted us? Have, have we made strides of ownership? Have we just made that much, like everybody owning something, or we have, we're in right. a good position? Do we feel like we are? Right. No. So, with that being said, to do to do the same thing to expect different results is the definition of insanity. Right. So we got to switch that whole little model up some way, somehow. So when you say look different, oh, it's going to look damn different. Right. Now I'm saying all the way different because right. it ain't working. Right. That's, that's just what it is. Like, I, I appreciate the effort. I think we all should. We should all commend everyone who's trying, but it ain't working. So right. let's go back to the drawing board and figure this out. That's the only way we're going to overcome right. uh, what you say, white supremacy yeah, in America. That's and, the only way. And and I'm gonna check myself right quick. And you you actually checked me on this. Like I don't know if you remember, it was it was a minute ago, mm-hmm. and just about overcoming and and giving people their kudos for trying. Me myself included. Many many like many years ago, you know. People could be trying, but we would be critical. We would be we would criticize them trying, mm-hmm. and we may not be doing anything. Mm-hmm. But we say, "Oh well, they should be doing this instead of that." Well, we should just be a, just appreciative and and thankful that somebody is trying, even though it might not be the same path or course or way that you personally may do it. That don't mean you minimize what they're doing, exactly. or what they're doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. They're trying to be impactful. And so I, you had, I think you had to check me on that actually. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that. You had to check me on that actually because mm-hmm. I think I'm just being like, I'm just critiquing something. Mm-hmm. Somebody or some, someone was going on, and you was like, "Hey man, we just, you really, we just need to, you really need to look at, hey, they doing something. For like sure. we got to get away from like criticizing black folks on, on what they doing for black folks. Right, right. right. And I called it out because I seen it within myself because it mm-hmm. wasn't but frustration, right? Because right. it's like, yo, that's. That's the wrong way. Are you come on, man? You should be doing this. That it's frustration. Right. You know what I'm saying it, right. it, we got reason to be frustrated. A lot right. of reasons. You know what I'm saying. Right. But commend them. Take your time. Like yo, appreciate because we get in that same breath. We got so many people working against us. Right. That look like us. You feel me? Right. <laughs> we're right. Ready and willing to work against this whole movement. Uh, this whole progress that we're trying to do. Right. So you know what I'm saying. Give me kudos. Appreciate it, man. Right. Eh, but appreciate it. You know what I'm saying. Right. Could it, probably needs to be tweets. Right. But you're doing something right. other than sitting on the couch or working against right. us. And there's a way saying? to critique, right? It's Dream. like, hey, man, I'd like to talk to you more about your plan and give you some ideas instead mm-hmm. of just, like, coming out the gate, jumping out the window, just criticizing. Right, exactly. exactly. Right. Which is the easy thing to do, it's right? Easy. Yeah. It's like, easy. Like, that's critic. what most people do. Yeah. They like, jump out the window, like, jump all the way out the window. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, probably more times than none, the people that jump out the window are not doing anything in their personal space and life exactly. uh, to impact the community exactly. that they're criticizing mm-hmm. somebody else that's trying to impact. So now we like I had to check myself. Zion had to check me. And you know, and I continue to check myself on it, but I think that's something too when we talk about white supremacy mannerism mm-hmm. and self hate. Um and like kind of working against each other. 
we don't have to. Um, there's something that we 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 tend to do that we don't need to do. Agree, and I think that yeah. needs to be checked more on the fact of oh, the, the critics right. that don't do anything. It's something that counts. Right. Well, what are you doing? Right. Well, how have you helped? Right. And then yeah. those critiques start getting lower and lower because right. you're not doing nothing. You just sitting right. on your ass. You doing anybody can do. It. Right. You know what I'm saying? So right. I think that that definitely needs to be a thing that happens in the black community because you got everybody got a got a got something to say. Everybody right. a critic. Right. What are you doing? What action are you putting behind those words? So I'm gonna ask you um, a different question. This will be my my. This will be the last question. I'm gonna let you go. Then bring you back with some more questions. <laughs> For sure. What can non-people of color do to combat white supremacy? Ooh, I like this one, man. Honesty, man. We need honesty right now, and to in every aspect of it, honesty of the system of you. You know what I'm saying? Be honest. Like you said, you had somebody that came in and told you about the grandfather right. and tell you how he indoctrinated her. And this it's generational, right? right? We need that honesty because that's the only way we're gonna combat. It. You keep Throwing rocks and hiding your hand or being dishonest, we ain't never gonna get to the problem. Right. Ever. So, first of all, we need you to be honest. And then we also need you to use, they say privilege. You need to use your privilege to help us. Right. That's, that's what it is. Right. So, you just saying, yeah, Black Lives Matter hanging a banner in your yard. Thank you. Yeah. What's that going right. to do? Right. That, that's an easy way out. That's a cop out. Right. Anybody can do that. Right. You know I'm saying you might get a little flag here and there from a Trump supporter, right. but what real change are you doing? Right. You know what I'm saying, look, what what about this gentrified home that you just place black people out of? Right. You, we want to talk about that. Right. And all that that gets you out of your comfort zone. Right. So now we're not being honest. We you you just want to be comfortable. You just want to be a protester right. from the comfort of your your right. million dollar home in North Nashville. And you know what I'm saying, man, um, shout out to Will Acuff. He he broke it down to like this. He said, um, you know, there's two type of justifiers. There's lowercase G and in 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 capital G. He said the lowercase G. Uh, hopefully, I may, I might be mixing up G's, but the point is, <laughs> the point is like the one of the G's is like okay. You move into this just gentrification, move into this area that's displaced families. Um, but however, you don't build a little fence around you and the rest of the community. You try to embrace and use whatever privilege you might have to be a part and mm. give back. And then understand you should have gentrified, mm-hmm. but you know what I'm saying? You 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 lowercase gentrified. You're not mm-hmm. you're not the big G with well, the big G comes in, they're gonna put a fence around you, not trying to have communication, not trying to pull back into big the big American flag in the yard. Yeah, yeah. And, and not trying to interact. <laughs> just gonna be in their own isolated mm. area of the other 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 uh other neighborhood or the community sure. until everything else like looks the way they want it to look and not embrace I what do. was there. And not even understanding like the impact that them just moving there has had on the community. Yeah. And so um but yeah, shout out to Will for that breakdown. For sure. Um, uh, one more thing, um, as far as what they can do, check your people. Check your. Don't, I don't want to want you to tell me what black people can do, but ah, check your people because that's right. what the true problem is. Right. Check your people, like uh, right. this uh, intentionally. Ch- exactly, man. Right. I appreciate y'all being along with the marches, holding hands, kumbaya. That's cool. Check your people because nine times out of ten, it's your mama, it's your auntie. Right. It's your dad. No, it's right. your grandfather. At them kitchen table talks, put people in their place. It does. It does. No, nah, nah, they need to. Right. And educate yeah. them. Yeah. Educate them. Yeah. So, yeah, man, that's how I feel like definitely would help. Definitely. Zion Trio. 
I appreciate so, you, brother, man. I love you, man. Yeah, love you too, man. And, appreciate uh, the invite, though. Nah, man, you be back, man. And um, yeah, man, I know people gonna get a lot from this. I took a lot from this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joshua, you get a lot from this. Yeah, man. Yeah, he don't take much of him. He got a lot. <laughs> but nah, man, love you, dog. For sure, man. All right, man. Check Always you out, pleasure. man. I'll for sure.